Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode one, Polaris. Polaris, if you're fancy. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of this first episode? I really enjoyed this first episode with two prominent exceptions, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Oh, no. Uh, I love the opening montage of like what's happened in the last 10 years of fictional history. The fact that the Beatles, you know, because uh, uh, John Lennon didn't get murdered in the 80s. They're they're back together to have had a reunion. They've uh, somehow overcome the Yoko Ono problem. Uh, there's nuclear fusion in the mid 90s uh, causing a recession, a recession of global warming. Uh mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff. I think it's it's another good sign that this show has effortlessly thrown the ball forward 10 years and we are back in. I, I feel like in this episode, I'm fully in sync with the characters. Yeah. But for the first time in a space disaster episode, I felt like For All Mankind kind of wanted me to turn my brain off and not ask too many questions. Hmm. And dump, 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 It's the return of the Karen plot. Karen Danny. They, they, right <laughs> yeah. on the first episode, yeah. baiting us with this fucking don't be cruel bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, ah, and, and they kill off her husband. I'm not liking it. I'm not liking that development, Jim. They're being cruel. What? They're being cruel to you. <laughs> They're being uh, very cruel. What'd you I, think? I, I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with the Danny Karen stuff. I, I think, what? yes, it's what? gross, but it's supposed to be gross. Like, what do you You're want? You're telling me when that music started up and they shut, they 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 zoomed in on her face. You were like, "Fuck yes, I can't wait to see where this." I wasn't goes. like, "Fuck or, yes," but I wasn't like, "Oh my god, this shit again!" Like you seem <laughs> to have a hate boner for this particular plot line. They, which is leave fine, your which is fine. leave that fucking boner word out of your mouth in any discussion of this <laughs> plot. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Don't it's be cruel to that I hate like boner, Aaron. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Don't be cruel uh, to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I like this episode. Um, I, I, there are, I, I think, yes, a couple of points where it's like, okay, turn your brain off on on this uh, plot with, with the gravity increasing. Um, but I really liked how they visualized all that stuff for the most part. Um, it's very cool when, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where like I, I was watching it and I'm like, okay, this is a problem. And I see them like propose a solution to it. I'm like, Hmm, well here's the problem with that. And then they immediately hit me with like, Oh yeah, no, we thought of that. And yes, it is a problem. And they're going to have, they're going to have issues. Like when the elevators, when they were talking about like, Oh, we got to get to the elevators. Right. I'm like, does an elevator even work in this much gravity? Or is this going to be a real problem for them? And then, uh, you know, one scene later, it's like, Oh fuck, here comes the elevator crashing down. Yeah. That stuff was was really good and and layered out in a way that I I felt gratified as a viewer, um, okay. thinking one step ahead and knowing that the show was right there with me. Uh, so that was really cool. Yes, I like to see where we are with all these characters. Um, Danielle kind of like taking Ed's spot as the, as the main sort of commander at NASA. Like the the I don't know. She's not the head honcho, right? But she is like the person who's been on all the missions and yeah, they mentioned been, she's the most prolific one. She's commanded the yeah. most. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets probably the, the highest profile stuff and, and Ed is getting fucking old, right? I mean, he was, he was pretty old for like an astronaut last season. Um, I think he's like too old to be an astronaut this season, pretty much. 
I don't know. You get in uh, your fifties, your diabetes fall apart. He got the diabetes too. Right? It seems like right. Definitely he's something taking, going on. He's taking HGH to maybe to keep up with the young kids. I'm not. Keep I'm, I'm gonna. Daniel. I'm gonna call it diabetes, and until I sure. until I see some roid rage or some back knee. But uh, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked all that stuff. Um, I, Jimmy's the wild card here. Uh, that's that's Gordo and Tracy's youngest mm. son, uh, yep. the brother of Danny. He he's the wild card. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. He seems like a loose cannon. He's sort of he, he's very depressed and sad about his parents' death. It's affected yeah. him a lot more than his brother. Um, I don't know where they're going with that. So mm-hmm. we'll look forward to seeing more of that. Hopefully, it's uh, something interesting. Uh, and and I was like really excited for Aleda this episode where she gets to Man. go to the moon. If you got uh, long term fans, especially club members, might know that we talked about this on our premium off the clock. And I, one of the things that was my ongoing concern is where are they going with this little Mexican girl? Because um, it just seemed like it was, you know, so in the first season, kind of um, superfluous. Hmm. But that scene this this week packed a real emotional wallop that it wouldn't have if they hadn't spent that time three years three seasons ago investing in that because i got really caught up like oh my god can you imagine right being a guy who brings his daughter across to rio grande and you know gets up sets up this country gets deported and has to leave his girl behind and yet she makes it to the fucking moon Mm -hmm. my god that's just that's and I love all, all the the work that they show her putting in for that, right? It's not like she's some yeah. just some savant genius who has everything easy. She puts in the fucking work and eventually gets overcome you know, a her lot, goals. Overcome a lot of societal problems, a lot of emotional, perhaps even mental problems. Seems like she's got a lot of stability yeah. and a good. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was really happy for her. They really um, the, the 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 time they've spent in, uh, investing that character in the last twenty years of the show's history really paid off. Um, yeah. I thought for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, overall, I really liked the episode. Um, maybe it's time to get into that, uh, montage that you were talking about at the very beginning. Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, we start off with, I'm just going to kind of take it for all the things that are different that I noticed um, from our actual history. Uh, Because they do this. They mix in like real things that happen with fake things that that never happened and people who are real, but different things happen to them than happened in our actual history. So I'm going to go over some of the ones that might be big or important um, and are different from how our actual history went. Um, So this guy, Hart. I don't know how many people remember this dude. I certainly didn't, but he apparently was, he became president in this universe. Mm-hmm. In our universe, he dropped out of the race after some extramarital affair uh, scandal. Isn't that hilarious in context? Cause I, I vaguely remember, um, you know, I was starting to pay attention in this kind huh. of like pre Bill Clinton era. Uh-huh. And he's this rising star of the democratic party. It seemed like he was heading on the way to the, the democratic nomination. And he's, he's hamstrung by a, an extramarital affair. Right. Which again is hilarious in context of Bill Clinton and just mm-hmm. 40 years Every, on in politics. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's uh but yeah, he is, he was elected. He is running an elite reelection mm-hmm. campaign right and he now. He gets reelected. I mean, I think he's actually president during the, the 1996 timeline here. Oh, see, I was wondering if he would be running Maybe against not, if they're no. if they're setting him up against um uh uh Ellen. Uh, uh yeah, Ellen, thank you, the senator from Texas. <laughs> they might be cuz so they they mentioned 1988. But they got Bill 19... Clinton. No, he probably run his two terms and now Bill Clinton is going to cuz right, he's, he's the Democratic Bill. nominee, yeah. 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 I wonder if um, they'll get uh, they'll have a fake Bill Clinton on the show. I don't know. I don't know. Slick that Willie. would be interesting. Uh, so they signed a lunar peace treaty. So that kind of glosses over a lot of the problems we had last year um, between the Soviets and the Dividing US. the moon in half. Sure. Did we get the light side or the dark side? Hope we got half and half. Yeah. Got like a Neapolitan kind of thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margaret Thatcher is apparently killed in an IRA bombing. That's that's There's, different. There that That is a that is a Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what the I wonder what the Ireland English relationship looks like at this point. If you're kill, killing people yeah, of that, that import, yeah, does that put off resolution or the the postponement or the cease the 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 armistice or does that increase it? Because that's a pretty fucking right. 
It's a pretty fucking big, big head, big, big head to lop off. Yeah. I don't know. Um, some stuff changed in uh, geopolitics, too, with Gorbachev uh, expanding influence into South America and Mexico. I think Apparently uh, the Soviet controls the entire T of Central uh, America down. Yeah. And Congress is, is, is securing the southern border and all kinds of stuff. Mm. Uh, Michael Jordan gets drafted by the Portland Trailblazers instead of some dude that I don't think anybody's ever heard of, Sam Bowie. Oh no, that was that's that's a that's a pretty infamous uh, draft draft controversy. Who who yeah. went first? Who went second? Um, I, I was yeah. reading that apparently the the two teams that picked first and second draft uh, first and second picks uh, needed centers, and Michael Jordan was not a center, and so they decided to pass him. And the Bulls picked him up, obviously, in our mm-hmm. real world. But here, Portland Trailblazers got him. I don't think it's going to be a significant plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what will, though, is this nuclear fusion breakthrough by uh, Ayesa, I think is his name, mm-hmm. is, is the name of the guy who owns the company, Helios. And a co- co-discoverer Richard Hilliard, who, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, is a real guy. Like that, that I I can tell that he's a real, but I have no idea who he is. And what's wild is that he's later in a headline accused of treason of supplying (laughs) the Russians uh, uh, secrets as a spy. So it's like, hmm, hmm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is more of a composite guy. But uh, if anyone knows who this uh, Richard Hilliard uh, is being alluded to, um, I would I would love to know. And there are some big changes because of nuclear fusion, right? There's a couple of shots of. Uh, newspaper articles that say or or newscasts that say global warming is receding um, because of the the decreased fossil fuel usage because of the nuclear fusion stuff Um, so so it seems like you know as a planet as a species we're kind of headed in the right direction Um, Ellen wins her Texas Senate race so she she is a senator and then by the end of this montage she is running for president yep um, we get to see a thing called Polaris Space Tours, which if you recognize the name Polaris, it's because the rest of this episode is telling us that, hey, that's actually Karen's company that she co-founded and they will be doing, you know, the hotel game in in orbit. Uh, by the it's end kind of, of her in, in game because her and Sam, you know, uh, she sold the outpost to him. They apparently gotten married and <laughs> For have what, taken eight, the outpost. Billion? Yeah. How uh, much money did, did the outpost sell well, for? Well, so she did <laughs> not that into much. The space game. But she took it global. She took the franchise global and they got married. And uh, that's that's one way to to get to get, ha- to get half of a fortune invested into a, a space yeah. station hotel. To Marry a VC. Uh, yeah. yeah. Investor, sure. Angel investor. Um, China joins the space race with a moon base. Yep. Uh, development Hopefully there. in the Soviet half. We don't have the right. bastards run around on the United States side. Jesus. What, yeah. what, what would happen? What, what could even happen? Uh, Beatles do a reunion tour, as you said, with uh, John Lennon not being dead. Uh, Helios wins the NASA helium mining contract. And you see a little bit of the fallout of that in this episode, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, North Korea abandons their missile program to focus on space. And there's definitely fallout from that this episode. Yep. 
global warming. Oh, we talked about that uh, statue of Gordo and Tracy on the moon. I would say that's probably the first statue on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid do a movie called Love in the Skies, which I'm pretty sure is not real. Yeah, that's based. On, it, it was the based on the Gordo and uh, Trace. Uh, it's, I think that's pretty good casting. I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think Gordo, Gordo came off a little <laughs> looking pretty good in, in that casting, but you know. Oh, did he? I, I mean, I Dennis Quaid is better actors... looking than Gordo. Come on. What? What? You, Dennis okay. Quaid? All right. All right. Oh, I'm not man. saying Gordo's a bad looking man. I'm saying Dennis Quaid it feels like an upgrade. I, I don't know the actor's name who plays Gordo, but damn. I feel bad for you. Uh, all right, the, the, the there's a space telescope launched, and it's named the Thomas Paine. I don't think this is real. I, th- that's I the mean, Hubble. Space, they just they just called yeah. it because he died, and he was probably a big big champion for it. So it just just little those little butterfly flaps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about Gordo and Tracy, their son Danny becomes an astronaut and goes to Jamestown. Mm-hmm. So he got through his naval training, apparently. Um. And the United States set their eyes on a uh, 1996 mission to Mars. We are currently in 1996. So we're like, or no, we're 92. Sorry. Um, we're like on the lead up to that, right? Are we at 92? I thought we were at 95 for some reason. 95? Maybe. I, I thought we were 92 because I thought they said like the Mars mission is in four years. But huh, Okay. Well, the 92, that that would line up with the presidential election of Clinton versus Uh uh, Wilson. And the other other change. uh, The Nirvana grunge phenomenon, because Kurt Cobain, you don't have to deal with his 94 death yet. He could just be very popular. The other thing that changed because Gary Hart was president is the United States did not intervene in Kuwait. That's the other thing that. uh, Oh, I I didn't pick up on that. I thought they were just saying the United States has invaded Kuwait. (laughs) Uh, apparently, they're, uh, I, I guess Iraq probably had Soviet backing and hmm. uh, uh, BTFO'd the Jesus. United States out of there. They can they can take over all of South America and Mexico and still back the Telling Iraqis. Should have held them at the 39th parallel. Now look what happened. Hmm. I assume it's still Saddam in charge over there, right? Uh, oh, almost assuredly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, and the economy is soaring. Like there, there seems to be a lot of uh, upswing for America and the world here. A lot of opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the episode proper, where Karen gets a call. Uh, she wakes up, and it turns out, oh, she's waking up in her space suite in the Polaris Hotel in orbit. Um, and it says, "Hey, you got to be ready to see your guests." Um, and it's a, it's a montage, a series of waking up. Uh, things I would say Karen's is per- is significantly more glamorous than Margot's because man, Margot wakes up and <laughs> we knew this about Margot, right? This She's just her, a this workaholic. Is, this is for all mankind. Uh-huh. I mean, this I think we've gotten a, ever more elaborate and more like official because I think the first she was not supposed to be sleeping at NASA. Mm-hmm. Now she's got a full bedroom suite, you yeah, know, which at, is adjacent the director's to office, her yeah. office, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she gets up, uh, gets ready for work, makes a makes a slim fast drink, or I guess pops a can. Did you uh, wait before? Did piano. you know something going on at the back of her neck? No, there was some weird kind of like diamond hatch kind of strangeness on the back of her neck, which I was thought I thought the episode would address, but they never do. And the other thing is, 
um, since we're watching screeners, it, it's entirely possible that that is that, that they're doing that's some kind of VFX thing that they were going to do to add some aging to her or to match yeah. up the wig and her hairline or something. And sometimes that stuff doesn't get done by the screeners. So I'm going to be curious when when it, the, the debuts, I want to watch it in high def to see because that also could be hinting at uh-huh. some kind of new drug treatment or who knows what. Wow. What if she just has like this flowing mane of hair? Like a Fabio-esque mane of hair that they digitally insert. Because <laughs> she's in, got a in neck the tattoo, show, she's yeah. got uh, short hair. But She's got the pixie cut, yeah. Yeah, at least in the copy we saw. Um, yeah, plays a little bit of piano. Her assistant comes in with her agenda. She's got a Mars mission uh, that she has to pick commanders for. There are some priority launches for, for Helios. Um, and and the uh, thinly veiled bribe comes in of, of fresh fish from some Nordic country. Um, there's a failed North Korean launch. They need to do repairs to the Thomas Paine telescope. I think those are going well. Um, space tourism stuff seems like, and then she comes out to mission control where she's in charge of the mission um, for testing. I mean, she's doing Mars mission control um, and they're yeah. testing a booster rocket. Alade is also working there. She's actually the one in control of this test and a booster test fails and Margot tells Alita to keep working on it. Captain Pisspants is there too. Him and Alita are yeah. uh, working working close together. Buried all those hatchets. Uh-huh. Um, He's been promoted they, somehow. He's more of a an overseer. They introduced Schrodinger's uh, or not Schrodinger's Chekhov's failed North Korean mm-hmm. uh, launch uh, at the beginning of this episode. Also, I think it's interesting that they're setting up this like that. Margot is a super straight laced, won't even accept a bribe of a, a fish plat- platter. Yeah, and yet we also know she spent the last ten years helping with the Russian space program with clear mm-hmm. lines she won't draw. So it's like it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, the, 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 all that workout. I also thought it was cool that uh, they're either using Apple Newtons or maybe a very early Palm Pilot. Huh. Okay. That uh, those things never really took off in our world because uh, uh, you know cell phones just kind of took over all that. Yeah. Um, but I thought it's interesting because I think that's a few years early, and uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see if uh, like like. Palm Pilot or something becomes like a dominant cell phone player or something because of some weird Could historical be. ball bounce. Yeah, I'm sure HP would license that uh, branding pretty <laughs> cheaply. I never had a Newton, but I was a pretty early adopter of Palm Pilot. Uh, and I I, I mm-hmm. really, man, I still think you can write uh, with that uh, graffiti. Yeah. You can write super, super fast. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably one of my favorite input me- uh, uh, systems to this day. Well, now you can pay like $1,500 to get an iPad and an Apple Pencil and do the same thing that you could do for like 200 in 1995. I wonder if the handwriting recognition is as good as because graffiti you had to learn because they pretty were not good. exactly alphabet. But like once you learned it, it was 100% pretty much rock solid. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love Margot just waking up and getting ready. Like there's such a, like I said, a, a difference between the way Karen wakes up in her silk pajamas sure. and like you know out there orbiting earth and then there's margo in this dingy office like hopping mm-hmm. into her tights for the day <laughs> like practically falling you, over it's hilarious do you think they use a body double because that's pretty convincing 
older middle-aged woman my yeah. makeup and i noticed it never showed her face and her body when she's running around in her like pantyhose and her her brassiere mm-hmm. doing the front class brassiere rotate 180 degree yeah uh, i feel like it's harder to do the the body makeup than it is the face makeup now because yeah um the, yeah they do pretty good job on the that. aging makeup is pretty convincing to mm-hmm. be honest like it, it it was like when i first saw like uh ed and, and uh danielle i was a little bit like huh but then like 30 seconds into it i just like that's the new normal they're just old folk now yeah uh and there's there's a something that her assistants tell her is, is something about the shuttle enterprise which i mean could be a real thing I'm not certain of that, um, whether it is or not, but also the Enterprise Star Trek. Sh- shuttle was an absolute real thing. Is it? That's that's uh, but it's interesting because uh, Enterprise was the flight, the 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 unused prototype. It was a fully functional, but it was like they only used it for glide tests. Huh. OK. And in our history, like, uh, I, I wonder if they're saying that this is, they're using the space shuttle so much and apparently none of them exploded that they, like, pushed Enterprise into service. Could be. Yeah, especially yeah. with space tourism being a thing, you would need more ships, right? But that was the, that was the first shuttle ever built. So, of course, you got to call it the Enterprise. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to the Soviets announcing that they'll be launching a manned mission to Mars in 1996 as well. Uh, Margo's response is we're going to work to get there first. And she's also under pressure to pick the commander for the Mars mission. So they can start training. Um, Cause the Russians already got their man picked out. Yeah. And that leads us over to Ed and Danielle arriving at hotel Polaris or the Polaris orbital hotel, or just the Polaris hotel. They have like six names for this thing. And it kind of annoys mm-hmm. me. Um, and they see this, they they arrive in orbit and they dock and they get to uh, the inside, which very much looks like 2001, A Space Odyssey. Like, so I couldn't fucking believe like, it. It's, 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 yeah, they, they intentionally did that as homage, right? They have to. They had to. We just watched identical. this last year and it's the, the curvature of the space, the all white design. The placement I mean, they called of the it tables Hilton, and chairs. Yeah, it's. If, if it was a Hilton, it'd have been just dead on. Uh-huh. Um. And they see this welcome video featuring what we find out is the co-founder of Polaris, Karen Baldwin. Um, and then Karen shows up with her new husband, Sam. And we also find out, oh, Ed's married, too, to a new woman named Yvonne, who we're just meeting. Uh, Karen is very cordial, but Ed is is pretty awkward with the small talk here. Yeah, very awkward. I, I, I like the Danielle and, and Ed, you know, the old Bobs kind of like busting each other's balls and all, but also very much jockeying for position for who's mm-hmm. going to be because they both know they're the top dogs respectively. And it's going to be one of those two. And they're both like, I'll be on my now. I'm going to be on my now. I'm going to be. On. I, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. And the other thing this this scene is doing is kind of getting us slightly familiar with the geography of the station, right? Like mm-hmm. we see them dock, we see them in an elevator arguing about those things, um, busting each other's balls, and then we see them on the outer ring. Um, so, so it's it's setting up the geography for later when all the gravity stuff goes down. And I got to say, I thought throughout this episode, they did a really great job of like swooping in and out of the space station, like actually diving through its skin that really gave you a good 
Yeah. Uh, there's almost, yeah, like, like you know, um, it really gave you a good indication of where everything was. Like, you'd be on the space station, then they'd pull outside of it so you could see the big view, and then they'd sometimes you'd start with the big view overall of the disaster, and you'd go penetrate the skin and be right. They, they did a really good job of uh, joining all those tracking shots together and making it look like it was seamless. Yeah. Um, I do wonder what the gravity's like in the center um do they say zero. it's zero gravity it has to be I, it would have to be right unless yeah they're also spinning that somehow but i i can't imagine um, yeah. I, yeah i also i loved ed's windbreaker his very 90s dad look okay it's very uh-huh. very cool uh we also find out danielle is remarried and has a stepson mm-hmm. so uh, his name's isaiah he'll come into play a little bit later Though not significantly, they're just setting that character up. You also see like because they, they, you know, there was this kind of uh, private space travel. God help us. There is a rivalry because they also uh, Ed kind of bristles at the reminder that Karen has poached several NASA astronauts from them for this commercial endeavor. That's probably got to be you know, somewhat sticking in NASA's collective crawls that they spend millions of dollars training these guys and gals and mm-hmm. getting the mission experience. And then the private sector goes and says, we'll pay a million dollars a year to fly this fucking th- milk run. And then they lose yeah. it. <laughs> That's it's subsidizing the cost of private space travel for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so then Margo asks Molly what the holdup is on choosing a commander. Um, we're here in Margo's office and, or sorry, Molly's office. She's Margo stumping for Danielle. She thinks, uh, you know, she's right for the job cause she's got all these very buttoned down qualities. And Molly thinks the exact opposite cause she's too by the book. Um, Molly wants Ed Baldwin. Um, Margo thinks, you know, he's arrogant. He's got a temper. He's old. Uh, we see him, uh, while they're saying this injecting insulin or something, could be HGH. We don't know. Um, and they argue for a while and then agree to continue the discussion later. And we see uh, but, in this scene also Mar- uh, Molly is reading Braille, right? So her yeah. eye problems have progressed. And definitely her, cl- I think her eyes have a cloudy quality to them. It, it seems like she's legally blind. Mm-hmm. She's got a seeing eye dog. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure how blind she is, but because she still right. kind of looks up to address Margot, but that. Yeah, it, um, but she's still badass, still smoking mm-hmm. in NASA, not giving a fuck about that. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know, like, there's an interesting push-pull here, because Margo's like, you know, why is it this in much into the uh, the age where we're building rockets on the moon, and we're still hiring all these flyboys and test jockeys and all this other stuff, like 50% of the ass cans are still military pilots and test pilots, Versus, you know, Molly saying like, hey, NASA's mission might change, but space is still a cast iron bitch and I'll kill you if you blink at it wrong. So you do need people who can. But also in the three year Mars mission, only three months of that will be spent in actual space flight. So where do you draw the line? And it seems like this season is going to have something to say about those those, you know, well, the, the, the nature of the hazards of space still. And I think this episode does, too. Um Oh yeah, you know, talk about thinking on your feet when gravity is increasing by the second, and your your orbital platform is about to disintegrate because of it. You need somebody like Danny who can take a chance, go out and do something that isn't by the book, and fix the situation. Right? Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I, I see both points of view here, and I don't think there's a clear winner in this argument. No. Uh, maybe it takes a mix. Maybe it takes all kinds. Who knows? Uh, anyway, Gordo's kid gets married at Hotel Polaris. First ever wedding in space. And this is going to be kind of the, the central focal point for the next uh, half of this episode. I really loved the man and wife astronaut cake toppers. And I also loved how they were used as a barometer for the gravity on the station. Mm -hmm. As we go through the episode, that was a nice touch. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, Then we get Margot driving to a payphone to call Sergey, which I have to call him Sergey here. I can't call him Serge like the boys. Got to keep it straight. Uh, We got a Sergey and a Serge. I think they're spelled the same. I think so. I think so. Uh, one's French and one's Russian. Um, he True. asks for help solving a technical problem and she agrees to help. And we find out, you know, he helped her previously. There's been this exchange of technical information to help each other out. And of course, we know, as we saw last season at the very end, uh, Sergey is is keeping her on the hook as a Russian insider, even though she doesn't know it. Does it feel does it feel like it's realistic how stretched out this plot line has been like that, that they spent 10 years. Like it sounds like they haven't gotten nothing from her that she's helped them. And he credits her. The fact that the rush is still in the space race with things she's contributed to them. And of course she's quick to point out the things that he's contributed back. Um, but it's, it's, it's just now that the Russian paymasters and whatnot are leaning on Sergey to, you know, really lean on Margo. Did you, did that feel did that track with you or, it seems like a little bit long, but, uh, you know, the, the the mechanisms here can turn pretty slowly when you're trying to convert somebody to your side without them realizing it. So yeah. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Sounds like the Russians won't make it to Mars unless they get that nuclear fusion drive. Because, like, man, I tell you what, yeah. getting to Mars in three months is kind of, well, getting to Mars and back, I guess three months of total f- flight time is kind of crazy. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, the other thing is, did you see the protest outside the, the Johnson Space Center? I did. I was assuming these are oil industry workers who There's are protesting gotta be like oil and coal, mining. right? Right. They have to be yeah. that they're they're getting they're, these. They're protesting the helium three mining, right? Yes, um, is what they're saying. Energy say. justice, mm-hmm. and the they're taking that our mean? jobs. That that sort taking, of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. We we need jobs, not energy. Which I don't know. Feel like you need. I need a big mix of both, but uh, <laughs> you know, living in 2022, it's hard to argue about knocking global warming down. But right, um, yeah. So uh, you know, Sergey says, "Hey, I'm excited to see you at the conference this year." He hangs up. The government calls him and says, "You need to push harder for more details about the program." Um, and then we go back to Polaris, where uh, Amber's maid of honor is giving a respectable speech about the relationship, and then. Danny's brother Jimmy also gives a speech, but it doesn't go quite as well. Uh, he is very angry and and affected by his parents' death. What are they getting at here? It seems like they're maybe setting up this idea of NASA. There there being these doubting Thomases about NASA that NASA's covering things up, and or it might just be his personal opinion hmm. on it because you know the thing is is that he doesn't. He thinks it's bullshit that his parents rekindled their love affair up, up, up and on the moon. But that actually happened. It did. Yeah. So 
I, I yeah, I wonder where they're going with that because he's completely off base of what you know the NASA propaganda is essentially exactly what happened. Um, I mean, but he's he doesn't buy been it. Kind of jealous of his brother's relationship with his parents, right? Like he was yeah. the good son, and Jimmy was kind of the outcast, the weirdo. Yeah, the black sheep. Yeah, so I feel like it's it's a lot more of that. It's ten years of that just festering. Uh, when when, about the when NASA. you have no potential to get validation from your parents, right? Yeah, there's something about NASA because I think NASA is broadly politically popular no matter who you are. But like if you have NASA doing these things where people are dying and there's maybe an, a, a, a details in the official account that don't add up and now they're taking jobs in the oil. I wonder if NASA will be politicized where like they're seen as pro or against. But I don't know because like their gal is running for the Republican nomination uh, and, and got it for president. So. Mm-hmm. I, it might be something interesting to explore the politicization of space travel as as we go on. Yeah, and I think when you throw in the privatization of it too, um, that increases the potential for the politicization, right? Uh, the other thing we found out by what's Danny's brother's name? Is Jeffrey? Jimmy. Jimmy. Thank you. Um, Danny went through a little drinking problem, or yeah, maybe drug addiction now. problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the reje- uh, you, you got to think that like uh, the rejection of Karen plus his parents immediate death uh, might have been a lot for him to deal with. Um, he but still we made don't... it through the fucking astronaut training program. Right. So how hard could it really have well, been on him? But I mean, I don't know, because we've seen a lot of hard drinking <laughs> astronauts on yeah, this show. I suppose. But it, it is it is. I think it's going to be interesting going forward because I've got some dark predictions for Danny by the end of this episode. I think Danny might be a quadriplegic, almost certainly a paraplegic. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that, but interesting. Um, so Margot goes to a latest house for dinner where we meet Javi, Victor, um, which are her son and husband, respectively. And Javi's driving like crazy with distractions. Her father's also there. Um, and he is... Uh, he, he I, I don't know. I did he come back last season, or is this a interim I, like between I, I, seasons development? Yeah, I think it's between seasons development that she, with her increased money and political clout, has done the okay. legal work necessary to get him undeported and get his green card. That's how I'm um, remembering what was happening with him. I knew he got deported, but yeah, I, I what I thought was great. I'm. I'm wondering if they're doing something. Do you think that Octavio is just this careless about his son-in-law's lactose intolerance? Uh, or he's just like old person kind of like in denial about people having food allergies? Or <laughs> maybe are they hinting that he's gotten some early dementia? Oh, he didn't because seem like it to me, but they say she keeps she said the word he forgets. And the way he, his affect yeah. of that seemed like a guy who was kind of caught. Like, oh, but didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're going to pile some more family trauma on Aleda. I think it's something they're introducing for because he's still pretty young to get full blown, uh-huh. even early onset Alzheimer's dementia. But it might be something uh, that they might be setting up a sad storyline for season four is what I would guess. Yeah. Damn. But I don't know if they flat if, if we're 92, like you say, and they're going to flash forward to 95, 96 over the series and maybe it will progress. I don't know. But so something I'm I, I'm a little sensitive to that kind of thing anyway. And uh, something I picked up on. Gotcha. Um, I, I think you're right. I think we we must be in 96, right? Because not only has Hart been president, 
and and they mark that with a time of 88 and then clinton is also president so is he president right now or are they no, running against I, I think he's running so that'd be so, 92 is it was the election be. i think you're right i yeah. think it's 92 and we're going to flat because they, they hmm. do that in the, fir- the other seasons, too, where it's like you will jump forward a couple years during the season to let things right. kind of progress, too. So, OK, yeah, maybe we'll get to 96 with the Mars mission, but that'll probably happen sooner rather than later. Right. I mean, the Mars mission can't be the season finale. No, this I whole season is so. going to be about getting to Mars and then being on Mars, I would think. I think so, too. But we'll see. I mean, we see him driving buggy in the trailer. We see him driving right. buggies around. So yeah, I, I I think it's gonna be a lot like first season where uh, that they it, it is about the race to get there, but also to get in the base going. And they'll yeah. probably I don't know, man. Are they gonna do another land invasion of Mars? Like how many times They've are we gonna there, see space that. war? Right. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess that's like asking how many times we're gonna see Earth war. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going at it in, the, in in 2022. So, mm-hmm. uh, so then we get back to the wedding, and there's a limbo contest going on. Uh, Jimmy and Danielle's stepson Isaiah sneak off to smoke a joint in space. Probably the first wedding in space and the first joint smoked in space. Boy, I don't know, man. Dude, no astronaut has <laughs> smuggled any. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be tough, though. That'd I mean, be who tough. smokes? The only person we've seen smoke is is Molly's husband and Karen. Yeah. I mean, Molly you get smokes. Some hippie, Molly you get some smokes, hippie astronaut right? take a, a hemp, a hemp na- a, a handkerchief up with them and roll that up and smoke it. <laughs> sure. I don't know what it'd do for you, but. Yeah, I think Molly smokes, so she's probably smoked a joint in space. Yeah. Um, Anyway, a video message uh, from Ed and Karen's daughter Kelly is played. And then Danny and Amber share their first dance, which is disturbingly to the song that Danny and Karen banged to, I think, last season. Or if not yes. banged to, then like what directly preceded led, that. <laughs> led the banging. It was mm-hmm. the solid it, rocket booster that led to, to a very inappropriate sexual relationship. <laughs> makes Karen very uncomfortable, rightly so. Uh, Danny never acknowledges this I kept expecting Danny when he's dancing to when they spin around to Karen for him to look up at her meaningfully and he doesn't which does that tell you that this is this whole song thing is just Danny having this significant song in his life and transferring that emotion into this marriage or is this Danny (sighs) being extra sly doing something he knows Karen will notice and not looking at her to make it extra sly. I, I uh, man, because I was look because I was like, don't you fucking make eye contact, <laughs> right, Danny. Right. I will reach into the screen <laughs> and beat you. I am not doing that. But like, I, I feel like it is something the showrunners doing to fuck with him because if he if he looked at her significantly, then you'd know. Yes, but like. How do you forget that that's I don't think there's there's no fucking chance some 19 year old kid forgets the music that he played to bang his smoke show surrogate mother. I know there's no no way that that I mean, it might be like his just kind of like my main squeeze song, but that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. Karen didn't take it as as oh, that's sweet. No. You know, so like I, yeah, I'm gonna follow her lead on that. But hold <laughs> okay, uh, me too. Question: uh-huh. How the hell did Kelly get sidelined at McMurdo? She was gonna be a hot shot F-14 Top Gun Tom mm-hmm. Cruise pilot, and what's McMurdo? That's the Antarctic base. 
Oh shit! Is she a research She's down scientist? At the what bottom the of the world. And the other question is, why the hell can't she talk to them? They have real time communication to Earth. Like, yeah, I thought, but it was clearly a recorded message. So I, I wonder what they're going to do with Kelly. They're surely not going to sideline her all season like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how she can be important in an Arctic base. The thing breaks out, and she's the only sure. one that can stop it. Uh, but no, I mean, it's not like McMurdo is like some kind of bullshit. Po- I mean, that's pretty prestigious, and there's not a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, at this point, there might be more people that have been on the moon base than there has been that. Uh, but yeah. still, like, if you can go to the moon or Mars, I would want to do that rather than the bottom of the world. Yeah. The, the, can you survive longer outside McMurdo or outside Polaris? <laughs> outside McMurdo, Jamestown. for sure. <laughs> you think for so? sure. But, but not okay. by, but surprisingly, not by much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, without without equipment, if you threw out naked both, you'd you'd die pretty quick. Yep. Uh, all right. North Korean space debris hits Hotel Polaris, causing a thruster to burn and gravity to rise because it's spinning it faster and faster. Um, I, mean, I guess gravity's only rising on the outer edges, right? Um, or outside of the very right. center. Uh, the wedding celebration continues, where Ed and Karen talk, and they get news about the rising gravity uh, from the commander of the base, who I think. Might be named LaForge or LaFord. It's it, it's, it's LaFord, right? It's a very long name, um, and it's pronounced very French. I did I didn't think it was LaForge, but that'd be cool if they had a chief engineer, right? Named LaForge. I, I thought the commander here was was LaForge, but I could be wrong. I, I, um, I like how they slowly like they use the cake, uh, you know, st- um, the the couple on the cake, uh, yeah, her throwing the flowers show. and misjudging to throw. Um, uh, it's just like slow things are just kind of off at a subconscious level. But here's my first problem. Yep. Yep. No fucking way does this space station not have a way to shut that valve off from inside the space station. That's insane. Oh, gotcha. There's not some access panel that you can just go and cut. There's no no chance that there's no way to cut that thing off. From a central, like, like multiple, multiple points of cutoff. Oh, man, this is the private space program. This is not NASA. The redundancies might not be there. Then, then, then Polaris deserves to fly apart and get destroyed because, like, that's, I just think that's, like, I mean... If I, you know, it's like, yeah, like, imagine if you had to to go, like, three blocks down to shut the main water of your house. No, Mm -hmm. there's, like, 17 different ways to shut the water off of your house, including at the street. So, like, I I thought this was, this is the first time I thought the show's, like, okay, and there'll there'll be multiple times. But I thought this was the first big kind of, like, well, that doesn't really make sense. But maybe it is a commentary on privates, but... Yeah, just like why would you design it that way? It's the 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 ho- you can see the hose and the pipes literally hugging the hab walls. So like not putting axe, I just just felt lazy. I don't know. Yeah, like where where is the fuel coming from? Shut it off at the source, right? Um, or the fact that all four um, counterspin adjustment thrusters working together couldn't overpower one of the main spin thrusters. I yeah. thought that was weird, kind of weird too, but. Not Who the knows? worst. No, it's it's not the worst. I, I have big question marks coming up here, but okay. we'll we'll talk about it. Um the the other thing they decide is here is they're gonna EVA to go shut off that thruster, because like you said, it's the shutoff valve is outside uh at the thruster itself. Um Karen and Sam decide they don't want to alert the guests yet though, so they keep the celebration going. Oh, I want to take your temperature on something else. Hmm. Do you think that Ed knows that Karen and Danny fucked. 
because I was going back and forth when I watched this the second time when he was asking her. It's like, I've never heard the song played like that before. I thought he looked at her significantly, but Karen didn't react as if that was what he was trying to do. So it might just been him making small talk about the song. So, yeah, I I don't think she told him who she banged, just that she banged somebody. All right. Um, so then we go to Aleda's family uh, dinner again, and it's ending. Aleda has a pretty good idea for a technical fix on the, the rocket booster that they're testing, and Margaret decides to send her up to the moon to fix it, and she is extremely excited. So is her family. Great uh, scene. And I guess with the, the program, the space program as it stands in this universe, you can send someone to the moon with a week's notice. You know, you get space yeah. tourism. They don't need to prep for months and months. Just throw uh, on the next fusion shuttle. Right. Send them up there. Uh, yeah. I thought, again, I, I talked about this at the beginning, but this is such a great scene. All of them hugging together, the the multiple generations, uh, the hard mm-hmm. work, and, uh, the, the, you know, the quintessential American immigrant story. Uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. I was moved. Yeah, totally. Uh, Margaret goes back to her office where she plays the record that Sergei sent her. Um, that's kind of all that happens. She's really enjoying this music. I, I don't I know loved this part of their relationship developing that they, I mean, clearly they send records back and forth. Um, and that's how they send. I think that's their, that you're understood. That's how they send their secrets to each other. They're like fold them up into the liner notes or something. I kept expecting the music to stop and a message from Sergey to start playing. <laughs> um, like he's burning into know, the wax. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like uh-huh. who, are, are the Russian officials are the Soviet officials really going to sit down and listen to an entire album or will they listen to like, the first three minutes of the first track. I bet we find out how exactly how this works by the thing, but I, I bet it is yeah. involving them swapping music somehow. And you might be right. I, I thought they just like write something on the liner notes, but um, sure. Or write it inside uh, the, the sleeve. Maybe I, I, I thought it was a beautiful dissolve where they go from the Mary Lou Williams Zodiac suite turning to the, the space station. I thought that was a great yeah. shot. It is very tasty. Um, and speaking of the space station, we go back to, there to Polaris and Jimmy and Isaiah are smoking their joint into the vents, just like his mom taught him while they talk about, huh? uh, Can you imagine being like smoking? Be like, dude, is it getting heavier in here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's just the weed. Some good shit, man. I feel like, I feel like I'm getting pushed into the floor almost. (laughs) Like (laughs) what, what strain did you say this was? 2G man. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Uh, yeah, they're talking about being children of astronauts and their dead parents. Man, it's just a quick scene there. It's a lot of pressure. You know, like you said, I'm the, oh, yeah. the stepson of the woman who saved the world, the handshake. I'm the son of two uh, heroes and a heroic brother. And what's that mean? But also you can tell that Isaiah kind of likes Danielle and his dad mm-hmm. is over the moon with her. Thing reminds him of his mother. Like, I don't From know. I, I'm curious I know. to see. Hmm. Because these are going to be the protagonists of seasons four and five, right? Like that's just the oh, way yeah. the shows. Like I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going with all these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, from the little I know about Isaiah, I like him so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like a good kid. Jimmy's trying to corrupt him, but it's okay. Smoking weed ain't that bad. Um, Not his worst vices. Oh yeah. The EVA commences. Danny and Amber go back to their room to bang, and here's where I start to have a little bit of a problem. 1.4 G is not like 
1.1G, 1.01G, 1.04G. 1.4G is almost half again your body weight. Yeah. That is a lot of fucking weight to put on people who are dancing or banging in their bedroom. Like, I'm not sure 1.4G, I would definitely notice, right? Like, that's the thing. I would absolutely notice that something is definitely wrong at one point. 3g probably 1.2g I, I it would be interesting to test now I, I i understand that there is the slow boiling frog effect where you're sure. go you're you're increasing the gravity by one tenth of a tenth every couple of minutes and it's mm-hmm. it's a constant acceleration but i even thought like the faster you spin like you'd start to notice like the Coriolis effect like you would start getting you know your head would tell your feet are moving at a different speed like you know, yeah. this is not a big space station. It's spinning pretty fast. Uh, I bet if you poured that champagne, you get a little bit of an S curve into it. Uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like the way these people slowly realized was realistic, but I think they should have probably um, sooner. They would have noticed no, known something was wrong. and started panicking a bit sooner. Yeah. Or, or notice something is wrong, but not be sure what a little bit yeah. sooner. Cause at like 1.4 G, I mean, if you weigh, you know, 150 pounds. What What is that? It's like 60 more pounds. Like if I suddenly weigh 60 you, more pounds, yeah, I would, I would feel terrible. I, I would yeah. immediately notice like there's no way chalk I would it up notice. to, Oh, I had too much champagne or, Oh man, the space is not dead. But like, yeah, you, you get up the, you know, uh, I, I guess it's fair. Cause like 1.5 is where they start showing people noticing for real, but it's like weird things like Karen or no, uh, Ed and Devon are fighting in the room and she tries to throw her shoe at him and it lands on the bed instead of his face. Right. It's like, yeah, I think, I, I, I think you'd note it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like I said, uh, Danny and Amber go back to their room to bang Ed and Devon are arguing and she throws the shoe at him. Like you said, it falls way too fast. And, that's strange. And then people at the party, including Danielle, start to realize something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, she she sees the cake toppers like we talked about that what behind her in one in one of those shots. You can see the flowers. They're supposed to be start standing to, up tall, start to droop and lean. Yeah. I thought that was cool. There are some really cool gravitational effects. I, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of Ed and Devon? Um, I'm trying Devon? to I thought I thought it was Devon. It's Yvonne. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I thought it was. Um, I thought because you don't know. They just got married. Uh, I don't know this woman. And I could believe two things. I could believe that Ed is just a stick in the mud, stick Mm -hmm. up his ass kind of guy. And she's just having fun at a party. Maybe she's drinking a little bit too much. She's dancing. She's having fun. Um, That's, I think, my main possibility. But also... You know, maybe he's been with a bunch of parties and she drinks a lot at a lot of different parties and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not passing judgment of Devon just yet because I do know that Ed is a bit of a control freak and a little bit of, uh, you know, yeah. more of a straight, straight lace kind of guy. But like, I didn't think she's doing anything at the party to seem like it was embarrassing. No, I didn't see her like grinding on the groom no. or anything. I no. Yeah, when he pulls her away, I'm like, oh, this is Ed being a stick in the mud. Because I know so much about Ed that I'm inclined to give right. her the benefit of the doubt until but it could I know be more that, about her. Um, it could be that he's uh, landed with a, a, a lady who's a little bit too much on the sauce. I don't know. Could be. Um, so then a cable breaks off the hotel and kills the EVA team. And the hotel is still spinning faster and faster. And cables are now flying around everywhere. And we're, not, we're talking big-ass cables that when they hit the 
the hotel, they can gouge out some of the wall and cause leaks. Um, the cable hits Ed's window, and that's exactly what they what happens. They have to evacuate their room, and Ed is hurt in that process. And and we see gravity almost at two G now. Everybody knows something is wrong, right? The hotel we find out can't stand more than four G, and they decide to evacuate. That's probably if they're if that's probably if their support cables are intact. You know? Sure, sure. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Um, all right. This this brings me to number two issue that I have with this space disaster scene. The way these cables behave are ridiculous. Like like if they <laughs> right, if they, they should die. be doing exactly what the the hatches and the people who are on the outside are doing right and, and like Danny at the end of the episode yes. that's exact like like I buy it sweeping when it first breaks and it's 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 pulling to the bottom I buy it sweeping yeah. and I buy it hitting things along the way and I buy it waving a little bit once it gets to that terminal point but mm-hmm. these things are going around like fucking Medusa snakeheads and that's. Yeah, that's not possible. That is that's that's mm-hmm. that's them playing games with the physics to increase the danger and tension. And like I said, I don't. And you don't even I, need I, that either. Is no, the thing, right? that's like, what I'm I saying. I don't need the cables being a threat because the gravity is already a threat. And I thought they handled it like a lot of people think that like I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people think, though, that depressurization is unrealistic. But like most things in a spaceship are not going to explosively decompress because you've got one atmosphere Mm-hmm. against a delta v of zero atmosphere it's not like the bottom of the fucking ocean where you've got thousands of atmospheres pushing down against one atmosphere it's yeah. going to be a fairly in, unless like a like you had on the moon where in, a whole window blows out and explosively decompresses a big volume mm-hmm. but if you got like a pinhole or something like that yeah you're definitely going to but it's not going to be like in aliens four where it completely sucks somebody's guts out through their belly button or some shit like that. And that's what I love is when the way they depict this is, you know, a small crack opens up, right? And it starts sucking things to it, like the the minor things in the room, which chip off a little bit more of that hole and open it wider. And then eventually, you know, bigger and bigger things get sucked through. It's like Katamari Damacy, right? Where where it sucks up everything in the room, bigger and bigger and bigger until the whole window blows out. And then you're screwed. So I yeah. um, but I, I thought that was really realistic as as opposed to the Medusa cables that they got going on this whole episode. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so the plan is, yeah, they're they're going to evacuate here. They need to get everyone to the center, um, I, I assumed, or because that's where the shuttles dock. Um, so they've right. got these elevators that we saw at the beginning, which go travel from the outer ring to the center uh, where they can dock and get people off. Uh, Danny Amber, and Amber find Ed and Yvonne in another part of the hotel. They're kind of, you know, out by their guest suites. 
Oh, um, there's also um, if you look at Danielle's face when she gets to Isaiah, uh, she makes she can definitely smell the weed on him. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's a fun thing to watch for when you're when you're watching it again because she's she's you know like putting her arms around him and she's like, whoa. so have some explaining to do maybe on the ground we'll see and as soon as they said they're going to use the elevators to evacuate i was like that could be a problem like Mm -hmm. how overbuilt are these elevators right because i know that elevators are overbuilt the elevators can typically handle like three times the load that they're rated for um because you don't want to run the ragged edge of that uh because people are stupid and they will climb in when they shouldn't um but 3G, you know, a, a 2G approaching 3G and all the way to 4G is asking a lot of an elevator, mm-hmm. um, as we find out here very quickly. And then that's what I love. The episode was always one. I like it when an episode is one step ahead of me, but doesn't reveal that until it's one step behind me. Right. Like mm-hmm. I have questions that right. the episode has already thought of, but didn't reveal the answers to yet. Um because we, we do get this uh, elevator crashing down because of the G's and Sam gets killed, right? I mean, he's not... I think he's dead. He's, he's eyes wide open, blood on the floor. Yeah, and and under a pile of debris that used to be the mm-hmm. elevator. I think he's that's, done. That's twice as heavy as it would be otherwise. <laughs> right. Um, Danny gets Karen on the radio and tells them to use the access shaft instead of the elevators, which have this ladder. Uh, it turns out Ed can't climb because of the extra G's and his leg, which is injured. So then he says, hey, I'm going to climb up myself. I'm going to get some environment suits and I'm going to go out there and shut down that thruster. And the whole time, like ceiling is falling around them, like ceiling panels are being pulled out of the drop ceiling, sure. smashing down around them. I love all the visualization of, of this station being pulled apart. It looks great. Yeah. And, and, and Danny's got the the hero gene he inherited from his parents. You know, it's like he's going to. Uh-huh throw himself selflessly into danger and exert maximum human. Like I can't imagine what it'd be like to climb like four or five stories under three G. Right. Yeah. Like carrying, like imagine climbing up that kind of ladder with, with two of you on your back. It's insane. Yeah. And I have a little bit of a problem here that we'll talk about in a second. But the other thing is like with those cables flopping around, you're right. Doubly so here because you don't need that when you see, ceiling panels coming out when you see elevators crashing that gives you all of the danger and all of the ticking timer you need i i Mm -hmm. really didn't feel like i needed cables whipping back and forth right or if you needed the cable to whip and and menace danny one last time just have the other side of the support cable snap you know yeah after he's turned because like the other thing is like if all the support cables go on one of those arms i don't think i I just feel like it the station loses integrity and everybody dies Mm -hmm. But I, so. I was, I, I thought that cable stuff was just like every time it happened that they start waving around. I'm like, how? Because everything is consistently correct from a gravitational standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's it's just dra- dramatic horseshit. Yeah. Um. So then Danny does go outside and he makes it to the engine and he manually shuts down the thruster. Uh, there's a moment here where he's hit by a cable. Like as soon as he shuts it down, the cable whips around, hits him in the back and the screen cuts away to something else. I, I, I tell you, I was really like he <laughs> the, the, there was no cable on that win, wrench. 
if that if that guy drops this heavy ass it's three gone, times yeah. G, four times G <laughs> thing, there everyone dies. I'm like, man, I uh-huh. thought astronauts had that shit strapped to their wrist or something because I was just right. I was like, oh god, Danny, don't drop that spanner, man. Don't drop that wrench. Yeah. And also, he's hanging there. Here's the big problem I have. He's hanging here at four times his body weight. This is at 4G mm-hmm. from one hand. Even lifting mm-hmm. that wrench is going to be a big ass. Oh, he was attached to a steel yourself. cable, though. He was attached to Like, he was rappelling oh, I, down. That was still attached to him. I know, but that's that's the tether. You see how long that tether is, right? When uh-huh. he's hanging out there after the Gs start dropping. He's hanging by one hand without the tether holding him. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not so sure anybody can hang at 4G from one hand. Hmm. You'd have to be incredibly strong to do that. Yeah. Especially after you climb (laughs) four stories with, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And and you've banged at like 1.5G to start the night. And you're drunk. That takes takes your legs out, kid. You can't, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you can't bang a woman and then go and do a 4G spacewalk. Come Maybe on, Danny. he drank a lot of eggs that morning. I don't know. <laughs> he did. You missed the, pre, the pre-wedding chug of a, of a dozen egg, dozen egg yolks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Gs start dropping. Everyone's saved. Even Danny, who was saved by his tether. Um, is this where you get to the, the, the potential quadriplegic, paraplegic That uh, cable... Theories? That horseshit Medusa cable mm-hmm. hit him right in the back. Yeah. And he's just hanging there limp in like a Jesus position. And he's not in any, he's awake. He's conscious. He doesn't seem to be in any distress, but he's not moving at all. I just wonder. I just wonder. What do you do, though? You're hanging at, at multiple G's. He could just be relaxing. He could just be, he could just be like, you know, like just taking a moment, but. Or he could just be like, well, I guess they'll reel me in when they get a chance because yeah. I ain't moving at 3G, right? <laughs> but then why knock him off? Like, why have him not? Like, if, if, unless there's going to be a consequence of being knocked yeah. off, why do that? It's not like a cliffhanger because literally 10 seconds after he gets knocked off, they show him dangling there and they make it clear that he's alive. He's not dead. Mm-hmm. His I eyes like are looking a, around. A he's micro breathing. cliffhanger, like for that scene. Like that final scene, you're supposed 15, to be questioning. Yeah, that's, did, that's a micro. That's a quibby. Yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> cliffhanger. But you could be right. There could be more to that. But we'll see. Um, that's the end of the episode. Did you know that Michael Lakuda and his wife uh, Denise are technical advisors in the show? Who are they? You don't know who Michael Lakuda is? He's the mm-hmm. guy that created the uh, L car system for TNG. Oh. He did a lot of the set and spaceship design. Um, what is he consulting like a, on? Uh, he's their technical advisor, technical one of their technical. Uh, so like he's doing space. Really? Yeah, I read up on him because I have huh. you know like I lost track of him. I was a big fan of his throughout the TNG and Deep Space Nine years. Um, uh, but apparently he's done he he's he's done a lot of design work for NASA, not just for like logos and stuff, but for some human interface stuff. And he got in 2007, I think the NASA like private citizen award for outstanding achievement for all the stuff he's done for them. So I don't know. I, so technical uh, advisor must mean UI consultant or, or designing ships or something, not like science advisor. Right. I, I would, I think he's more, uh, and I, when, when I did, I, I actually got a little of a, a CUDA feel from the graphics of the control station. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I, 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 so he's probably a lot of that, but I don't know. I just it mm-hmm. just made my my heart happy to see him him advising for the show because uh, yeah, that's cool. 
he was one of the main tech dudes for Deep Space Nine and TNG. Um, I mean, d- definitive. I mean, the, the look of the Alcar system is just perfect, in my opinion. I, I can't imagine a cooler, more space-appropriate interface. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, Michael, you're at the sl- you're asleep at the switch on these ho- this hose situation, or maybe you, you were <laughs> shouted down. Yeah, I hope he didn't technically advise them on that because yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, if uh, you, you grab a garden hose, like three or four feet of it, start swinging it, <laughs> and at at, at 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 a concert or even accelerating mat, and 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 tell me if it just starts whipping around in all types of different directions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that's fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, that's an episode. Mm-hmm. This is our first episode. Uh, no one has seen this yet, so we're recording it ahead of time so you guys can enjoy this uh, this this podcast analysis as soon as the episode drops. But we would love to hear what you think about this season opener: the good, the bad, the ugly, the technically impossible. Uh, did you notice it? Did you even care? Uh, is it just me and me and me and Jim here being being uh, nerd nerd mean bullies to Ronald Moore? Uh, let us know for at, at fam f a m at baldmove.com. That's how you send us feedback each week. Again, depending on how much feedback we get, we'll either uh, do a midweek kind of release to kind of catch up on feedback, or if there's only you know a handful of smattering, we'll probably just append it to the end of next week's show. Uh, but it's in your hands. F-A-M stands for For All Mankind, of course, at baldmove.com. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Until next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.